0: Well, good morning, Soul City Church. How you doing? Okay, like 2018, looking a little shaky right now. Let's try that again. Good morning, Soul City Church. How you doing? There you go. Now that's going to be a great year. Uh, to those of you who are gathered here, those of you who are in our overflow space, and those of you who are watching online, literally all over the world right now, uh, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City Church, and uh, it's a new year. We're excited about this new year. We're kicking off a brand new teaching series called Willing Over Wanting. We're going to be looking at a key factor that can radically change your year and actually change uh, your life. I've been looking forward to being with you now uh, for a little bit. Been praying for you, actually, in preparation for our time together. I've been praying that uh, this would be the greatest year of your life. Yeah. Praying that year. I'm praying that over you, praying that for myself that this would be the greatest year of growth with God you've ever experienced. Why wouldn't you pray that? Like how like cynical and jaded do you have to be not to pray that? You should pray that over your life. I'm praying that over your life. For those of you who are in relationship with God, I'm praying that you would grow like never before this year that you would see your relationship with God just transform, prosper in your life. For those of you who have yet to say yes to Jesus, I am praying that this would be the year that you say yes to Jesus. I'm praying, in fact, that today would be the day that you would say yes to Jesus. I am praying for our church that we would grow deeper and deeper in love with God and that we would grow wider and wider as we reach more people with the transforming love of Jesus. I'm praying big prayers For 2018. And I hope you do too. Because this time of year is a time of year to be optimistic. It's a time of year to be positive. And we have the whole year ahead of you so far, right? And so far, seven days in, you're doing pretty good. I'm gonna be you're doing pretty good. If you're you know, you're being pretty good so far. So much potential, so much opportunity for you this Year. That's why a lot of people this time of year like to make uh, resolutions or goals for the year. Maybe you did that. as we just talked about a moment ago. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. But a lot of people uh, do. Gene and I actually did that over the break. Someone had gifted us with a little staycation here in Chicago. So we got away from our kids for a little bit. We love our kids. But sometimes you got to get away from them. And so we got away from them a little bit and we had, oh my gosh, it was such a great time for us as we prayerfully planned for 2018 and we had our calendars open and we had all the people that we want to connect with and be with. We had brand new journals that we're going to write all our 2018 goals in. Listen, January, Jarrett, is killing the game right now, (laughs) killing the game. And my hunch is you probably are too at some level this early on into the year. And so isn't it interesting of all the people who make resolutions and all the people who make goals for the year, do you know what's really interesting? Do you know what percentage of them actually keep them or fulfill them? You know, like take a guess. What percentage of people actually complete their goals and resolutions for the year? (laughs) 9.2%. So if you've already messed up on a few, be encouraged. You're in the majority. 9.2, does that seem low to you? Does that seem like, oh my gosh, and that number holds just about every year. Consistently, people don't keep their goals and resolutions for the year. You ever wonder why is that? Why can you be so motivated at the beginning of January and then kind of fall off as the year goes on? Is it because you don't have vision for your life? Possibly. I don't I don't know if it's that. Is, is it because you don't know how to set goals and resolutions? Maybe you could probably take a class for that. Is it because you don't try hard enough? No, I don't think it I don't think it's that. I, I actually think it comes down to one thing. It comes down to one factor for you to actually live the life with God that He intends and desires and crafted and created you to live. I believe it comes down to to one word. It's whether or not you are willing. I think that's the difference. Whether or not you're actually willing to do whatever it takes to live the life that God created you to live. Now, here's something you need to know about me. Here's something you need to know about yourself, really honestly about anyone you're ever going to meet. There are basically three sort of fundamental approaches that people take to their everyday ordinary lives. Three ways that people tend to approach their lives. First is this. There are some people who are just wasting their lives. They're wasting their lives. Now, I don't think this is you, but maybe you know someone who you just feel like they're wasting their lives. They have no vision for their life. They just sort of let life happen to them. Oftentimes, they position themselves as a victim to their circumstances. Well, this is just kind of how it is. This is just kind of what happens. I don't know what to do. And they kind of go through life without a rudder. Maybe you know someone like that. Or maybe you feel like you're in a season of that right now. I feel like I'm just wasting my life, my potential. I don't know what direction to have, vision for my life. There are some people who are wasting their lives. But the vast majority of people in this room and in the world have a different approach to life. They spend their life wanting. They want a rich and meaningful life with God. They want to have life, you know, the way that God intends it to live. They want to actually grow spiritually this year. They want to lose 10 pounds. They want to get their finances in order. There's lots of wanting, but it always seems just out of their grasp. They spend their whole lives wanting and wanting, have a, a picture, but never quite getting there. There's those who are wasting their lives, those who are wanting a life, and then there are those who are willing, actually willing to do whatever it takes to live the life that God created them to live. Three different fundamental approaches to life. And my hunch is, my sense is, the reason that you are here this weekend, the reason you're here this first Sunday of 2018, or you're watching online or listening later, the reason is because you want to grow spiritually spiritually. I do not think you would be here if you didn't want to grow spiritually, if you didn't have a desire to grow more. You just wouldn't go through all you had to go through to get here today to do that. You know how I know that? Because I want to grow spiritually. I want to grow into more and more of who God actually created me to be. And here's the good news. Here's the great news, in fact. And if you want to grow spiritually in your life this year, here's some great news that you got to know. You might even want to jot this down. Here's the deal. Spiritual growth is not only possible, it's promised. That's a promise from God that you can actually, you will actually grow spiritual growth isn't just this kind of like pipe dream that's out there that maybe I'll become more of who god created me to be maybe I'll have a life of purpose and meaning no it's not just possible it's actually promised to you by god god promises you throughout the bible that you will grow john 10:10 10, 10 says that i have come to give you life and life to the fullest john 15:5 says that if you remain connected to god he will remain in you and you will grow in fact you will bear fruit. James 1, 2, and 3 says that even when difficult circumstances come into your life and when hardships come into your life, that you actually can grow. Your faith can grow even in difficult seasons. Spiritual growth isn't just possible. It's promised to you by God. Isn't that good news? It's promised to everyone who's in relationship with God. But there is also another truth that is simultaneously true to that one. And that is this, that nobody ever coasts into spiritual growth. Nobody ever coasts into spiritual growth. It just doesn't work that way. You don't just magically wake up one day transformed. You don't ever hear anyone saying, Wow, I don't know what happened, but I'm praying all the time. Like like it's without ceasing. I'm just, I love to pray. And I don't know when this happened, but like I just get up every day and read my Bible for 30 minutes. I don't even know when I started doing that. I just do it and it just happens. I don't know when it happened or how, it happened, but I, I give generously to God and I support works of God around the world. I can't even honestly remember when I did that, but it's all happening. No one says that. It doesn't Work that way. Nobody coasts into spiritual growth. It takes willingness, your willingness, to actually do the things that only you can do to partner with God, participate with God in your spiritual growth. It is promised to you, but you will not get there just by kind of coasting through. You have to be willing And I want to show you what willingness really looks like when it's put to the test. So I want you to grab a Bible and open up to Mark chapter 10, if you would. Mark chapter 10 is the text we're going to be looking at today. If you have a Bible with you, awesome. Got it on your phone, great. If not, there is a Bible under your seat or on your seat or somewhere around your seat that looks just like this. It's a Soul City Bible. Of course, we had to brand the Bible. So it's a Soul City Bible. You'll see this there. And you can turn to page 822 in the Soul City Bible. Page 822 will get you to Mark chapter 10, pretty fast. I want to give you a picture of willingness put to the test. Let me give you some context here. Uh, Jesus is well into his public ministry. He's already called his disciples to follow him. Uh, Crowds have begun gathering everywhere he teaches. They want to hear him teach. They want to be healed by him. They want to see him perform a miracle. And the religious leaders of the day are already well into their plots and plans and schemes to take Jesus out because he's a threat to them. His authority This gospel that he's preaching, this good news of God, that anyone and everyone's welcomed into a relationship with God, they didn't like that. They worked really hard to get where they were at. So that's all happening in the background. Jesus had just finished teaching, and he's heading from one village to another village, and as he's leaving, this moment actually happens. Mark 10, verse 17. Let's go down to verse 17. It says this, as Jesus started on his way, a man what? A man sauntered, a man walked, what does it say? A man ran. So do you see his intention? A man ran up to Jesus and it says he fell on his knees. That's a sign of submission, acknowledging that Jesus was an authority, that Jesus had something that he did not have. He fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he said. What must I do to, what's the word? What must I do to inherit? inherit? You might want to circle that because it's a really interesting word choice there what must I do to inherit? What must I do to get what you've got? I can't seem to get it, earn it on my own. You have it. What do I have to do to get what God's got for my life, to have eternal life? Now, this conversation actually appears in three out of the four gospel accounts of the life of Jesus. And in other accounts, he's actually referred to, he's given a name-ish, They call him the rich young ruler. Maybe you've heard his story before, the rich young ruler. Just those three words kind of give you a lot of backstory into him, don't they? Uh, First of all, it says that he's rich, which means he's rich, you know, like he has, like he's, he's, and they wouldn't put it in the Bible if he wasn't, all right, so like they use wealth, he probably had amassed great wealth, and it says that he's young in another account, rich, young ruler, that means at a very early age, he had already amassed great wealth, and that there was, you know, he still had many, many years ahead of him, and it says that he's a ruler, that means that he had authority, we don't know over what, but he was kind of at the top of his org chart, we'll just put it that way, rich, young ruler, he probably also had 0% body fat, that's not in the Bible, but let's just go with that, because that's the kind of guy this is, all right. So he's that guy, right? So he comes up to Jesus, this rich young ruler, and he had it all, but the text already lets us know he wanted something, something he couldn't get on his own. He wanted what Jesus had. Verse 18, I love Jesus just being Jesus here. He's like, why do you call me good? He's kind of messing with it. Like, why do you call me good? He's trying to direct attention to God the Father. He says, no one's good except God alone. So, you know, this is all about God and what he's doing for you through me and Then Jesus goes on to say this, verse 19. He says, look, you already know this. You you know this. My hunch is you already know this. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. These aren't all of them, but he's kind of just going through the highlights. He's like, look, you already know all the laws, the Ten Commandments. Like, you're very familiar with all those, right? Verse 20, teacher, he declared, all of these I've kept since I was a boy. Not only am I a rich, young ruler, I'm also like a spiritual somebody. I've I've played by all the rules. I've checked off all of the boxes for my life. He had obeyed every command. He had his life together. Do you know anyone like that? That they just kind of seem to always have the right answer, always do the right thing. They've always got their whole life together. That's who this is is. And I know a little bit about this guy because that was my story growing up. I wasn't rich or a ruler, but I was young at one point. (laughs) At one point, I was young. And I became a Christian. I said yes to Jesus at a very young age. Maybe you did too. And I grew up in a great church. And I did just what this rich young ruler did. I played by all the rules. I tried as hard as I could not to break any of them. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I didn't mess around with girls too much. I didn't, um, I didn't, you know, I went to church. Listen, I went to church not once a week, twice a week I went to church. I volunteered at my church at a young age. As a 12, 13-year-old, I was volunteering in my church. Listen, if you're looking for credentials, not only did I do all of that, I was in the choir at my church. I was also, now get ready for this, in the handbell choir at my church because that was a thing at one point. And if that weren't enough for you, I also ran the puppet ministry at my church. (laughs) Now I know what you're thinking. How did Jeannie ever land such a catch like me? She's a very lucky girl. That's all I can say. She's a very, very lucky girl. Listen, my, my whole life, up until I got into college, that's what I thought you had to do to earn God's love. I was operating under the assumption that I had to have a perfect spiritual GPA for God to accept me, for God to love me. And if I messed up, if I fell off, then I'd have to work twice as hard to make it up to him. I know the plight of this rich young ruler. He had done it all. I worked so hard to do it all. And it didn't equate, just, just didn't, Get me what I so desperately wanted, which was relationship with God. Now this is what's so interesting. We see this account so far. We, we know a few of the details, a little bit of the backstory. What I love is this person's round up to Jesus. They've fallen down on their knees. They want something that He has. They have all these credentials rich young ruler, spiritual somebody they had it all together. And look at Jesus' response to him in verse 21. I love this verse. It says that Jesus looked at him and what? Loved him. him. Before he even really gets into it all, he's kind of laid out his story to Jesus. Jesus just looks at him and loves him. Not, Not in light of all of his credentials. It's actually in spite of all of them. Oh, I know how hard you've worked. I know how much you have your life put together. I love that you think that that is what's going to equal fullness of life. I love you. He just cannot help but love him. In fact, it's the same look of love that Jesus gave to the woman caught in the act of adultery. Someone who hadn't played by all the rules. In fact, it's the same look that he has when he looks at you. Do you know that? That when Jesus looks at you, he loves you. He can't not love you. He loves you. I don't know what you feel when you look in the mirror in the morning. I don't know what stories you tell yourself about yourself. I don't know what other people have told you about your worth, your value, your place, your meaning in this world. But here's what I do know. When Jesus looks at you, He loves you. For all that you've done, all that you haven't done, all the ways you've worked so hard to keep it all together, and all the ways you've blown it all up. He looks at you, and he loves you. And the text says from there, it says that he looked at him and he loved him, and then Jesus gives him this, this is so great, he gives him this little challenge. You know, we always give homework here at Soul City, gives him a little homework. He says, one thing you lack, you've done it all, but there's just one little thing, one little thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have, that's all, and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. You will have a much richer life if you do so. Then, he says, then, come and follow me. One thing you lack, this is a small detail, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have a greater wealth than you can even possibly imagine. Then you can come and follow me. Now, what Jesus was going after here was not his wealth. What Jesus was going after was his willingness. Our you willing? Are you willing to let go of the thing that clearly has a grip on your heart? Are you willing to let go of that last stronghold in your life? Are you willing to let go of anything and everything so that you can actually grab my hand and follow me and trust me completely with your life? And look at the response in verse 22. At this challenge, this willingness test, the man's face fell. Oh, just can you just feel? It, just oh, he just knew in that moment not that. It says that he walked away sad because he had great wealth. Different point from where we started the story with him, where he's running up to Jesus, falling at his knees. What master? What what can I have, teacher? What can I have to have the life to get from God what He's got for me? He clearly wanted. We see that in the beginning of the story, but what we see at the end of the story was that he wasn't willing, and he knew it, and he walked away sad from the very presence of Jesus, missing out on all that God had for him because he was unwilling to let go of what he was holding on to, what had a grip on his life. Now, what's interesting is to compare his story to the story of another rich ruler named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, someone who did not play by all the rules, someone who was not loved or respected in his community, did not check up all the boxes. he didn't even have the list to begin with, and yet he comes into interaction with Jesus. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I want to go to your house tonight, I want to have a party. That's really all Jesus said to him. Zacchaeus throws a huge party for Jesus, all of his friends are there, these notorious sinners are gathered there with Jesus in Zacchaeus' house, and without Jesus even giving him a willingness test, Zacchaeus stands up in the middle of his pardon, he says this, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, which he most certainly had, (laughs) I will pay back four times the amount. That's willingness. That's willingness. Look, Jesus, if you would be willing to come into my house, if you'd be willing to extend relationship with me, why wouldn't I be willing to go all in with you? Why wouldn't I be willing to give up this thing that so defined me, that I've held on to for so long in my life? In the case of the rich young ruler and in Zacchaeus' case, it was wealth. And for many people, it's it lots of times it's wealth. That's kind of the last stronghold in our lives. My money, God, I'll, I'll sing. I'll even raise my hands in church, but not going to do the money thing. I don't know if I want to give that up. And it's no surprise that uh, statistically in our country that right around 10% of Christians actually give back to God regularly. We're a little bit higher at this church, but not much. It's no surprise. Why? Because wealth is a stronghold in our life. A place where we find security, meaning, purpose. We have all kinds of wants, but we're often unwilling to let go of that. Trust God with it. But it doesn't have to just be wealth. There's all kinds of places where we face the willingness test in our lives. For you, maybe it's a relationship. There's a relationship in your life. You're like, God, I want everything you've got for me, but not going to give up this relationship. I'm not going to give up this unhealthy relationship, or this pattern in this relationship. Not that, God. Or it's maybe for you, it's comfort. It's like, God, I really like this life I've made for myself, and I really kind of love all the things that make me feel comfortable in this world. Maybe for you it's your schedule, your priorities. Like, God, I, wanna, I want all that you've got for me, but I kind of need you to fit it in this five-minute window, if you could, like while I'm walking from the train. Like, that's really where I need to get it all from you. Like, I'm just not really willing to shift my schedule for you. Maybe for you it's something as simple as sleep. It's like, God, I really love you. I want to be with you in the morning, but I'm gonna uh, stay in bed. I'm gonna sleep. Maybe for you it's food. What, what, maybe for you it's your phone, email, social scrolling. These are all things that, for, without us even realizing, it, they're willingness tests for us. Am I really willing to give this up to actually get all that God has for me? All of us have them. And the reason I know this is because I have them, my life. Let me give you an example for me. One of the areas in my life where I really want to grow. I don't want to waste this year. Okay, I really want to grow in a particular area in my life this year. One of my goals for 2018 is to spend more and more time in silence and stillness with God. I talk a lot. Don't y'all get sick of me talking. I talk a lot I listen to a lot. I listen to a lot of sermons, a lot of podcasts, take a lot of stuff in, and you know they get paid to talk to you. And it's, it's a lot of just intake, output, intake, output. And I've found that one of the greatest ways to grow my heart and capacity to trust God and be with God is to sit in stillness and silence, to just trust that the world is going to be okay without me, that I can just carve out this little window and just be quiet and still with God. I really want to grow that practice in my life before I get up and look at my phone, before I look at email, before I listen to the news, before anything else, I want to be quiet, be still, be silent with God. But I really like sleeping. I really like to sleep. It's a great thing. And specifically, I like to sleep into the last possible second where I have to get up. You know, it's like the last possible Second. That's why I like to do that. I like the comfort of a warm bed. I think a warm bed is a gift from God. Especially this time of year. I'm just like, Lord, I don't right here, right now, meet with me in these covers. Right here. Right now. I, I really like distracting myself with email, with social media, with podcasts. I like distracting myself and kind of keeping it noisy in my head. I don't know why I like, it. I just, if I'm being really honest, I actually really want those things at times, more than I want to be with God. And the willingness test for me is, am I willing to go to bed earlier the night before? Am I willing to keep my phone in another room, on another floor? Am I willing to get up before anyone else, to set an alarm and get up And sit down. I even know what chair it is to sit in. I know exactly where to go and what to do. Am I really willing to get up and do that for 15 minutes a day? Am I really willing every day to spend that time with God? I want to. I love even telling you that I want to and that's one of my goals for 2018, but am I willing? This is the test. And I'm telling you this is the real crossroads of transformation and how your life can radically change this year if you get the willingness thing dialed In Because that's really what all this is. Wanting is, like think of it this way, wanting is a great place to start, right? Because you have to kind of start like, I really want to grow spiritually. I don't think you'd be here if you didn't. Great place to start. It's no place to stay. At some point you have to determine, you have to decide and be honest with yourself, am I really willing to do whatever it takes? Wanting won't get you there. That's because willingness is always, when it comes down to willingness, as we saw in the story of the rich young ruler, Willingness is a test to my yes. That's what willingness is. Willingness is the test of my yes. Am I really, really, actually willing? It's easy to say yes here at church on Sunday. You know, get inspired and say, yes, I want, I want it, I want it, I want it. The willingness test comes on Monday morning. It comes on Friday night. Willingness is a test to my yes. Am I really willing to do whatever I can do to partner with God for my spiritual growth? Or am I just gonna kind of hang out in the realm of wanting? I really want, I really want, I really want. But am I really actually willing? Now, here's the good news. Here's really good news. Maybe you're feeling a little like, oh man, I don't am I willing? I don't know. This kind of thought I was supposed to be inspired of this first message of the year, and now I'm kind of feeling bad, like maybe I don't I don't have what it takes, and I don't all all right, all right, all right, sit tight, sit tight. Here's the deal. Here's what I want you to know. This is actually a secret truth that you don't maybe even realize about yourself that I would think would be incredibly encouraging to you. Do you know when it comes to willingness, do you know that you're actually already awesome at it? There are already things in your life that you are willing to do without even realizing it. You do them every day. You don't even think twice about it. You actually already have the willingness thing dialed in in certain areas of your life. You know who I know this? Just like think, okay, take this for example. Uh, How many of you got dressed today? That's a stupid question. I think all of, hopefully all of you did. I hope all of you did. Unless you're watching online, all bets are off. But you got dressed today, right? You got dressed at some, right? So you got, here's the deal. Just in the simple act of getting dressed, do you know that you already went through several willingness tests? You had to, at some point, be willing to spend money on clothes. Buy some clothes at some point. You had to be willing at some point to wash those clothes to do the laundry, or to outsource it and have them dry cleaned. You had to be willing at some point to fold those clothes or hang those clothes. You had to be willing at some point this morning to pick what you were going to wear today, this, that, these. You had to be willing at multiple points just to get dressed today. You already went through several willingness tests and you didn't even realize it. You're actually already awesome at this, just oftentimes it's not with the things that matter most, the things that you actually really want. So often we get stuck at the test of willingness. In fact, what I found interesting is I was kind of doing an inventory of my life preparing for this talk. There are several things that I do that I don't even want to do, but I'm willing to do. Maybe you have those too. Maybe like for for you, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe for you, it's going to work. It's not for me. I love where I work, but maybe for you, you do not want to go to work tomorrow. In fact, you are trying to find ways to get out of work tomorrow and extend this break however long you can. You don't want to go to work, but you're willing to get up and go because you know that's how you pay the bills at the end of the month. Take paying the bills. Who wants to pay the bills? Who's like, yippee, look at all these envelopes. I can't wait to see what they said. No one wants to pay the bills, but you're willing to do them because that's what it takes to be an adult in the world. You're willing to do that. My hunch is, you probably didn't want to go outside today. It's cold here. Why do we live here? It's cold. (laughs) You didn't want to get up and go outside, but you were willing. Something in you said, I need to get to church today. I think God has something for me today. I want to grow spiritually today. And so you were willing, even if you didn't want to go outside. Do you see how you're actually already awesome at being willing. So the question is for each of us, are you willing to do whatever it takes for what matters most in your life? For the places in your life where you actually want to grow, are you willing this year, for this to be a year of radical transformation in your life? So here's what I want you to do in the spirit of reflection and getting really honest with God, and really specific with God, I want you to think about an area or two in your life where you really want to grow spiritually. I'm just talking about spiritual growth. We're going to talk more about all kinds of areas of our life over the next couple weeks. Just today, where do you want to grow spiritually with God this year? Maybe another place to think of it is, another way to think of it is this. Where are you spiritually stuck right now? Where do you feel like you just kind of you've been hitting a wall? Are there any practices or healthy habits that you've kind of lost or drifted from, or you've never really actually made it all the way to willingness with? Another way to think of it is: this time next year, what do you want to be true of you? Like, if people are to say and they sit next to you this you know same seat next year, and they go, "Man, you are you are so generous." you're probably the most generous person I know. Or you are so patient. Or gosh, you you are so faithful to What What are the things, the areas of your life that you want to grow in spiritually this year? And I want you to be incredibly specific. Now, maybe you've already listed a few of these out, but maybe you haven't. So I'm giving you time right now. If you have something to write them down on, Write them down. If you want to get your phone out, don't open any other apps, but you want to like send yourself a text or write a note, I want to grow in this area spiritually this year. And I want to encourage you to be incredibly specific because so often before we ever even get to the willingness test, we get lost in a lack of clarity and a lack of specificity. And we say things like, well, I just, I want to pray more. Okay, what does more mean? When? How often? How how can you actually see that happen? Be incredibly specific. Well, I want to read the Bible more. Okay, what does that mean? Five minutes a day? A chapter a day? A verse a day? It doesn't really matter what it is. You just need to be specific about it. Well, I want to be more generous. Awesome. More generous than what? than you have been, than you currently are, what does that mean? Be specific. What are you willing to do to become a more generous person? See, this is the, the test of willingness, is to get incredibly specific. The rich young ruler said, I want to have eternal life. I want the life that you promised. And Jesus got real specific with him and said, okay, try this. And he wasn't willing. Zacchaeus got incredibly specific. I'm going to give away half of what I own. I'm going to pay back four times anyone I've ever robbed or cheated. That's what it takes is you getting incredibly specific. So I just want to give you 30 seconds right now to just get real quiet, real still what are one or two areas in your life where you spiritually want to grow, see a breakthrough, take new ground this year. Write them down if you have to. Tell the person next to you quietly so you don't must have people around you. Where do you want to grow? Now, can you imagine that what you just thought of, what you just wrote down, what you just came up with, if God, if you were to partner with God this year and that actually became true of your life, can you even imagine how it might radically change this year, radically change your life? Whatever it is that you wrote down, I want to read the Bible five minutes a day. I want to pray every morning and every night. I, I don't know what it is that you wrote down. It really is between you and God. The question you just have to consider, all of us have to consider is, what am I willing to do to get there? What am I specifically willing to do to get there? So here's a little homework challenge I want to, to give you. And if you thought that was the homework coming up with it, no, nah, that's just studying for the test. Here's the homework. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to post it today. Whatever that area or those two areas those two areas are, I want you to post it on social today. Seriously. And what this is going to do is it be like a little social accountability for you. To put it out there, like, I'm serious about my spiritual growth this year, and here's how. And the people that follow you or care may not even understand the context or even really care. They're like, okay, cool. Like, they may not really, that's not even about them. It's about you. And it's a way of putting it out there, naming your intention, what you really want. And then meanwhile, you're figuring out what you're willing to do to actually do that. One of the best ways for you to do it is use our hashtag, S-C-W-O-W, willing over wanting, SC Wow. And so you can use that hashtag, SCWow. And what we'll be able then to do is come around you and support you, pray for you, encourage you. We want to be able to do that. We actually get to do that for each other. Check back in, post it, share with others. Hey, mine's the same. Let's hold each other accountable. Let's see that actually happen. Let's help each other be willing to do what only we can do. Because that really is where real transformation happens. It's when you do what only you can do while God does what only he can do. If you've been around here for a while, you've heard us say that before. That's what real transformation looks like. You do what only you can do while God does what only He can do. Transformation is an invitation to participation with God. That's what it is. Transformation is an invitation to participation with God. He's not going to do it for you, but He will do it with you. And you know that there are things that... You can't do that. God already says, no, don't worry. That's mine. I got that. Salvation. You can't do that. Cannot save yourself. God says, don't worry. I do that. And guess what? I already did it. I made it available to you through my son, Jesus Christ. His death and resurrection made the way. Forgiveness of sins. You cannot absolve yourself. Forgive your own sins. I know you've tried. I've tried. It doesn't work that way. God says, no, no, no. That one's not yours. That's mine. I'm the only one that can do that. Guess what? I've already done it. Anything, everything you could have ever done can be forgiven by God through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Securing your eternity. You can't do that. You have no control over that. God says, don't worry, I've already got that one. I do that. Opening your Bible. You do that. God's not going to just magically open your Bible one morning when you walk out. That's your part of participation with God. Getting up in the morning to be quiet and be still with God That's me. That's mine to do. God's not going to like whisper in my ear, it's time. It's not going to, it just doesn't, good morning. It doesn't work. I do that. There are things that only God can do and he's faithful to do every single one of them. The question is, are you willing to do what only you can do? This year, that is the difference maker. To do what only you can do while God does what only he can do. And if you are willing Anything is possible this year. In fact, it's not only possible, it's promised. So I want to pray for us. We're going to move into a time of responding to God and saying yes to God. We're going to give back to God, and then we're going to sing to God. And we give here every week, and I think it's perfect coming out of what we're talking about here. There's a lot of people that waste their money. There's a lot of people that want to do more with their money or see their money kind of be more organized in their life. They want to be more generous. Giving back to God is a willingness thing. And it's a way to say, God, I'm willing to trust you with my resources. And so we give joyfully around here. We give generously around here because it goes right back to God and what he's doing to extend the work of this church here in this city and well beyond this city. And so in a moment when we give, that's what's really going on here. It's it's a willingness test. And then maybe if that's one of the places you want to grow, one of the best things for you to do is go online and set it up today, like literally set it up today so that you can become a faithful percentage giver to God. It is one of the greatest willingness tests, and I'm so grateful for how God has grown me and Jeannie by doing that. So we're going to give in a moment, and then we're going to worship, but I'd first love to pray. If you'd be willing to open up your hands as we pray together, uh, we can join in a prayer together. God, we've talked about a lot of stuff here, but really it all comes down to this. You were willing, Jesus. You were willing to endure the cross. You were willing to do what we could not do for ourselves. You were willing to offer up your life for us so that we could have life in you. You didn't just want a relationship with us. You made a way for a relationship with us. And so, God, I pray you would help us to be willing today. Whatever it is, God, however it is that you may be leading us, help us to be incredibly specific and incredibly honest with you today with where it is that you're inviting us to grow this year. And God, I pray every person would leave here today knowing that this stuff isn't just possible, it's promised by you. In fact, this is what you created us to do, to live in a relationship with you, to grow more and more into who you created us to be. So God, as we give to you, grow us. God, as we sing to you, grow us. God, as we even leave this place today and go about our ordinary everyday lives, we pray that we'd be more and more aware of how transformation is all around us. And it's just waiting, God, waiting for us to be willing to partner with you. And so God, I pray that would be true of me. That would be true of our church. God, we love you. That's why we give to you. That's why we sing to you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.